Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. Thanks for downloading another episode of the Thundercast. You can find us on Twitter at Thundercast underscore pod. Russ, by now, everybody knows where they can find the damn episodes. We just need them to find the damn episodes. Share the links with your friends. Do us a favor. You know, I never really asked this, but if you're watching, give us a thumbs up uh, or a rating or some kind of something uh, on whatever platform you're listening on or watching on to help us grow the channel or, um, you know, our links on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. And share the links with your daggone friends, man. We're doing the work. Uh, we're doing the good work here, the thundering work of spreading the word of the herd. So, Russ, we've got a big football game that we've got to talk about coming up on Saturday. The herd is going to Boone, North Carolina, to play in front of a sold-out crowd against Appalachian State. It's a must-win game. Okay, last week's game against Coastal was a must win because it was an elimination game from any sort of Sunbelt Conference Championship contention. This one is a must win game to end the four game skid and try to notch one, get that fifth win so that you can try to get number six or number seven or number eight as you close the season out. So we're going to get into all of it. But first, let's get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim, but when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Boone, North Carolina, a historically tough place to play for the herd. Um, we have several games recently, uh, one down there a couple of years ago that that slipped away, and you know it caught some buzz uh, on social media during the post game from um, some ooh, behavior from certain fans. I guess we could say I remember that. I don't. I didn't really want to start the episode off, off by talking about that, but it was what you know, stayed seared in the minds of a lot of fans, herd fans, the, those videos that we saw, how their fans were treating our players as we were leaving the field. Um, not cool. It's not the type of stuff we do in Huntington. So even though you pack 30,000 in your stadium, which is respectable and you're going to sell out the crowd, you got to be better. You know, nobody wants to come. That's not a harsh environment. That's just unwelcoming. and makes people not want to come back. So whatever you do, you, but be better. Uh, Russ App State four and four on the season, two and two in the Sun Belt Conference. The game's going down November fourth at six p.m. again on NFL Network. Mixed bag on that one. Some folks liked the broadcast. Some folks did not care for the broadcast. I'm indifferent as long as the herd's on. I'm going to watch it. This is the twenty sixth all time meeting between App State and the herd. Mountaineers own a fifteen to ten all time lead, but the herd won last year, seventy five week. In Huntington, West Virginia, a great game to be a part of. Very cold, but I loved every freaking second of it. So we need to go down to Boone and get us a win this year to keep that win streak going against the Mountaineers. The old mountain feud, they call it, Russ. This goes back to a lot farther than we go back. 
So it's always an, uh, an instant type classic when these two teams lock up. And like I said in our uh, recap episode just uh, just a little bit ago, folks really like beating App State. You know, they really want to beat Appalachian State. This is this goes back to that older section of the fan base, that Southern Conference era of fan. They really want to beat Appalachian State. And I can't say they're wrong. Power Index doesn't uh, really see this as much more than a coin flip. 47.9% chance to win for the herd on the road. App State's minus three and a half. With an over-under of 55, putting this in that 29 to 26 type range if you're doing that type of math. Okay, what does this one mean for me before you get into some reaction? Number one, this is a must-win game to climb out of the cellar of the Sunbelt East Division, period. You beat Appalachian State, you put them in the cellar uh, by owning the tiebreaker over the Mountaineers. Number two, who do we see at quarterback? We talked about this a little bit. Who's going to start? Will we see more than one quarterback? Who's going to get the lion's share of the snaps? Provided everybody stays healthy, let's let's not bring in like an industry or an in, injury scenario into this. But do we see more than one quarterback? Uh, and who sees the most snaps and the most action? And number three, surprisingly, I don't know if you saw it, but I watched it. J.J. Roberts alluded to a return in this game just two weeks after a horrific, scary scene at Jones C. Edwards Stadium that many of us thought might have ended his season because mm-hmm. it just looked so bad and was so scary. But, no, he did an interview, and in that he said, I wanted to go last week, meaning against Coastal, but it probably wasn't a good idea. But now feels like he's going to be back on the field against the Mountaineers of App State, and if that happens – what a big boost to this herd defense. All right, Russ, initial reaction to this game. What are you taking into account for this one? What does it look like for you? Give me that 30,000-foot bird's-eye view for the herd and the Mountaineers. Well, you said it about the old Mountain feud, and our older fans have a long storied history with App State. Uh, you're more likely to hear a generation before us refer to them as Appy, right. uh, Appy State. Uh, don't worry, beat Appy uh, were some shirts and slogans that were going around. Uh, you uh, you always thought that when they came up and they had the uh, uh, block field goal winning the game against Michigan and then they had a couple other upsets and then we got them on our looming schedule, that mm-hmm. this would be something, hey, not too far away similar uh, rise up the ranks uh, from our days in the Southern conference and everything be good to play them often. And now we're in the Sunbelt conference with them. It's just been one of those targets of us versus app, you know, that you want to see, they want to see it. We want to see it. Sean Clark is from right up the road in Charleston has Mm -hmm. a lot of love from uh, uh, people up here. Uh, Their kicker is from Charleston there in at GW. I think he was both guys uh, GW. Oh, I knew Sean Clark was. I was just thinking that that's where the kicker was from. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of these games now. Both have underperformed against their expectations. We've had tight games against them uh, the last three times that we've met. They've all been close. It seems like uh, whoever's house that they're in has the uh, the hand up. So it's one of those games that you were expecting coming in that it was going to be a battle. Now. Both teams are underperforming. Both teams have their issues on defense and their issues on offense. And 
one of these teams, it looks like if they lose, might not go to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. It's not not impossible that both teams, whoever loses, could still go to a bowl game. Certainly still possible. But it just kind of looks that way that whoever wins probably will go. Whoever loses probably won't go. It's getting down to that nitty gritty. Um, again, you could lose this game, win the next three, and it's a moot point. Of course. But Yeah. But uh, big implications in this game. Uh, favorable matchups on both sides. It just depends on which team on both sides comes to play. So that's what it looks like from here. Yeah, and let's talk about that real quick. That's a good point. The loser of this game is really behind the eight ball because then you're going to have to go win two out of three to get Mm -hmm. the six wins. And we know who's on the herd schedule. You go app this week, Georgia Southern, who also remains on the Appalachian State schedule. Then uh, Marshall has uh, South Alabama Alabama. and home and senior day for Arkansas State. Now, Appalachian State's schedule is more tough from the surface uh, because they have still remaining after the herd. They got Georgia state on the road. We saw what they did to the herd on the road. Then they've got James Madison on the road. Not going to be a tough or not going to be an easy game at all for Appalachian state. And then they return home to close it out at Boone against Georgia Southern. So they lose this game. They've got to win two of three against Georgia state, James Madison and Georgia Southern. That's a tough task. Marshall's got an easier road to get two out of three, but still not easy. So you've got to win this one. You're right. The winner in this game has the bona fide leg up at bowl eligibility. So um, th- th- these are always tough. And and I go back to recent history when it was the COVID season. And, you know, Appalachian State ended uh, or ended up on the schedule kind of like, hey, we need a game. You guys want a game. Let's get a game happen. And it became part of a like a two-year thing, and then we joined the Sun Belt, so it turned into more of that, obviously. But, you know, that remember, they they come into our house, top 25 team, and we mm-hmm. beat them. That's the that's the Brandon Drayton uh, peanut punch game that, that mm-hmm. uh, Nazi Johnson, the ball bounced right into his arms into the end zone, and, you know, that, that was a big win. That's a top 25 win. And then the next year, they come right back, and um, that's Huff's first season. Uh, and we have a little bit of a meltdown, and they have this comeback win, and 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 that kind of really lit the fire of what this could be. And and then uh, we go to Boone, and we don't win. That's the game that Rasheen Ali takes one back, like a 100-yard kick return, you know. And then we get them last week or last year for 75 week, and that was a tooth-and-nail game. And if you'll recall, Russ, it was that freakish play that always seems to happen in 75 week. And it was a block punt for touchdown that gave Marshall the edge and ultimately was the deciding point in that game. So now here we are, 2023, back down in Boone, North Carolina. Marshall's due to get one. And it ain't going to be easy, right? Because they, they, um, they can score some points. And Marshall, over the last two weeks, can't score any damn points. So that's scary. And, and, and until that trend breaks, you have to be worried about that. You absolutely have to be worried about that. App State is fresh off of a shootout with Southern Miss. Yes, another team that has vastly underperformed expectations. But it was like a 48-38 to 38 shootout in that game. So let's talk about some of these App State players that, that were a big reason they put up 48 points, shall we? It starts with number four, the quarterback, Joey Aguilar, six foot three, 220 pounds, junior, 162 out of 259 on the season, 2,173 yards. Get this 20 touchdowns to just six interceptions. That's a really great touchdown to interception ratio. 
uh, for a guy that really wasn't the bona fide QB one to start the season. You know, there was talk of a couple of guys there. And I think I remember Ryan Berger being in the mix. I remember seeing him get an NIL deal with a local restaurant, the Ryan Burger, which I think is awesome, by the way. But no, Joey Aguilar ended up winning that the role and has just not looked back, really. Number five, we have to talk about him, even though he may not play. I haven't seen one way or the other if he will or if he won't, but you have to talk about Nate Noel, the running back. He's been really good for a number of years for Appalachian State, and there's uh, he's having a pretty good season this year. He's just been dinged up for the last couple of games, but we've got to talk about him. Five foot ten, 190 pounds. He's a junior. He's a burner, man. He's really good. 127 carries on the year leads the team. 660 yards leads the team. Four touchdowns on the ground leads the team. Good for 5.2 yards per carry. Now, picking up the slack for Nate Noel over the past couple of games in particular, number 14 running back Kanye Roberts. Five foot 11, 200 pound freshman. How about that? 69 carries on the season, 384 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. But in the last two games uh, of his 384 yards, he's racked up 218 of them and, and a couple of touchdowns, well, one touchdown on the ground. So he's really done a great job of picking up the slack for Nate Noel in his absence. A couple of wide receivers are going to talk about because they're really also mirror images of one another. One another. Number two, wide receiver Caden Robinson, six foot two, 205. He's a junior. 33 catches leads the team for App. 457 yards leads the team for App. And four touchdowns through the air. Good for 13.8 yards per reception. Number 13, Christian Horn. Six foot two, 190. Both six foot two guys right around that 200 pound range. Both juniors. 27 catches for Mr. Horn. Right behind Mr. Robinson in yards with 456 to Robinson's 457. But he has five touchdowns through the air, which leads the team. Good for 16.9 yards per reception. Last week against Southern Miss, Christian Horn lit up the uh, Eagles defense for 165 yards and two touchdowns. So really good performances but from Roberts and Horn last week against Southern Miss. So this isn't – it happened during the season. It happened last freaking week. All in all, this uh, Appalachian State offense gets 38 points per game on 460 yards per game uh, on average, 280 through the air and 180 on the ground. They've got four runners, including Aguilar, Aguilar, with over 170 yards rushing and two touchdowns on the ground. They have seven pass catchers with over 185 yards receiving, six of those with multiple receiving touchdowns. And this offensive line for App State has only allowed 10 sacks all year, only eight on Aguilar. What about this Mountaineers offense? Highly capable of putting up a lot of points. Uh, they got a lot of receiving options. They've got a lot of uh, success running the ball, 1,441 yards on the year. You talked about their offensive line. They seem to have a very good, rock-solid offensive line there, not giving up a lot of uh, sacks, not giving up a lot of tackles for loss, and 1,441 yards so far on the ground, Twenty-two, nearly 2,250 in the air. Uh, highly, highly capable, dangerous. So it really just depends on who shows up. You know, is it the app that shows up that puts up 48 like they did last week? Or do they uh, lose 28-21 like they did to Old Dominion, you know, where they're struggling to score over that 30 mark, you know, like we have seen them do and are capable of doing. It just... uh 
it just depends on who shows up. Uh, well, maybe, maybe uh, the the play of Noel, you know, on, maybe it hinges on him if he's healthy enough to be a big difference maker or whatever. But they're going up against a defense that has, besides the James Madison game, struggled to keep these high-scoring offenses under the 30, 35, and even 40 mark over the past five weeks. Yeah, and that's the point I was actually going to make is is this App State team looks like they're built to win. Like we were talking about the herd. They can win games in in, in tight games or they can go toe-to-toe in a shootout. And now over the past couple of weeks, Marshall's not built for that shootout because it ain't we're mm-hmm. not putting any points on the board offensively. Yep. But it looks like App is just a very good all-around offense. They're not really bad in any one thing, and they're not really great in any one thing. They can just run the football pretty good, and they can pass the football pretty good. And they can put up points pretty well. So they look like they are actually built to compete in any type of game that is played, right? And and that's the most concerning thing to me because over the past couple of weeks, Marshall's offensive prowess has just gone by the wayside. You know, they're not a threat. You know, the the, the even if Ali's at 75% and 80% and he's a he can go. You're right, the the little burst might be there for a couple of plays, but it's not there late in games. And that's really when he was doing his damage this season. Mm -hmm. He would be bottled up early, and then he would break one late or break a couple late, and now that's gone from the arsenal, and that's concerning for Herd fans, especially on offense. So uh, you're going to have to see a James Madison-type defensive effort for Marshall, I feel like, to get a win in this game. Of course, turnovers are the great equalizer, and if they come out and have five against Marshall, well, then you're – what you think will happen might not happen, but you can't count on five turnovers, right? You can't do that. You're just you're assuming that it's no turnovers and you're going to play the game that the numbers say you should play. Marshall's going to have to have a James Madison performance and not a Coastal Carolina performance. We talked about chunk plays uh, for Coastal coming into the game last week, so I've got to bring this up. Runs, uh, long runs here of 68 and 61 by Noel and Roberts, respective, respectively. Then uh, just listen to these going down the wide receivers, 34, 52, 57, 69, 43, 67, 32, 15, 18, 15, 22, 19. Lots of chunk plays littered throughout there. So so every receiver has a play of at least 15 yards is what you're telling me. Yes. Yes. Well, that well, the receivers that have 15 yards. Or just a pass uh, catcher. I don't mean. I, I know. Uh, but. I was going to say the wide receivers, it's even more because uh, the lowest wide receiver on here has a play of 22 yards. Running backs and tight ends are in that 15 to 20 mark. Right. So that's a point of concern, right? Because I haven't haven't looked down Marshall's roster, and they might have, but it doesn't seem like we've had that sheer number of guys make a big play through the air this year. You know, we've had guys make several, but – it's a lot harder to defend against 10 than it is against four or five. Right. So I've got them right here. Uh, this is just right down the, everybody that got a reception 24, 31, 36, 27, 29, 75. And we know that was on that, uh, double pass from Roberts. Right. Or not Roberts. Um, Montgomery. Chuck, uh, Chuck Montgomery. Um, 23, 65, 19, 35, 20, 20, 12, 17. Okay, so that's not bad. That's actually not as pretty bad. good. Yeah, but it, we don't have we don't have nearly the 60s and 50s that they have. Right. 
Chunk plays have just plagued the herd all year long, and we and it's the theme that we have not been able to stop talking about because it keeps happening. And this we're facing another offense that's able to do this consistently. They've done it all year long, and they're able to also sustain drives and put points on the board. You don't average 38 points a game over the course of a season if you're not able to sustain drives and put you know the ball in the end zone. Uh, defensively, Russ, let's talk about a couple of guys here. It starts at number seven linebacker, Andrew Parker, Jr., six foot two, 235. He's a senior, leads the team in tackles with 68, solo tackles with 32. He adds a couple of sacks to his resume and a pass defended. Number four, safety, Nick Ross, five foot 11, 190. He's also a senior, 60 total tackles, 27 of those solo, sack and a half for him. Adds one interception and a pass defended to his resume. And then number 90, linebacker Nate Johnson, six foot five, 230 pound freshman linebacker, 29 total tackles, 11 of those solo, but he leads the team with five sacks and he adds a pass defended to his resume. Impact plays for this App State defense. 21 total team sacks, seven interceptions, three forced fumbles, and three fumble recoveries. Also, two defensive scores. Tyreek Funderburg has two interceptions. Both went for a pick six. So something to lock away in the old brain there. That's a guy you're going to want to pay attention to. Uh, they've just allowed, though, 247 yards rushing to Frank Gore Jr. Southern Miss. Um, He'd only had 103 yards and no touchdowns in his previous two games. So he had a breakout running performance against App State. He did have, I think, a 75-yard touchdown to bolster those numbers, which you're going to have to have if you're going to push 250 bills anyway. But they've they've shown that recently they will give up some runs, so that might be something that we need if, if Ali can bust that early one. You know, and then, you know, Payne can do some body blows and, and some chunk play runs, and then maybe you sprinkle in smoke or, or Antoine. You know, we might be able to collectively put some damage on this App State defense. But look, they allow just 30. Well, I don't say allow just, but they allow 30 points per game. So this App defense tells you you can score on them. I guess the big question is can Marshall score? Uh, 30 points per game is good for 103rd in the country, and they allow 423 yards to opposing offenses. That's 112th in the country. So you can move the ball in this hurt or in this uh, Appalachian State defense if you can sustain some offensive identity. And then um, let me do the place kicker real quick, and then you can talk about defense. Number 99, of course, place kicker Michael Hughes. You mentioned him, West Virginia kid, George GW High School, six foot three, 190. He's a junior. 11 of 14 on field goals this year, long of 54 yards. How about that? 32 of 32 mm -hmm. on extra points. So what about this app defense that's got you, you know, either smiling a little bit or concerned a little bit? They've given up a lot of points this year. They have uh, some good playmakers, um, but they've given up a lot of points. Mm -hmm. And – if Marshall can score a lot of points, we could actually do some damage against them. You know, they have that break mentality, not the bend, but don't break. They have more of the break. It looks like, um, than, than anything, uh, they are susceptible to giving up the run on occasions. They're susceptible to the, the pass. They're susceptible mainly on the scoreboard. So that tells you field position or, you know, they don't turn it over a bunch, so maybe it's just that, I don't know, a long kickoff return. Whatever it is that they're starting on a short field or whatever, or they're giving up the long play, 
they have given up a lot of points mm-hmm. and they were down uh pretty big couple of, against a couple of teams they had to come back with their offense uh like you said winning in a shootout this linebacker looks really really good but i know that uh we were talking about their defense and not ours, but we also should have a pretty motivated Keyshawn Brown wanting to go back up against them, which yeah. we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, their linebacker looks good, and uh, the, the other linebacker, uh, I was talking about the guy with the five sacks there, Johnson, but uh, Parker Jr., 68 total sa- uh, uh, total tackles and two sacks, pass deflection. They've got a really good linebacking crew. Mm-hmm. It just seems like uh, without those two guys, it's just hit or miss on getting some sacks. Now they got 21 on the year, but nobody's putting up eye popping numbers except for those two, really. Yeah, and, and they're and, not. They're not. Two really isn't eye popping, but when it's you add not. them together, that's seven. That's a third of your total team production. So I get where you're going with it. Well, I'm talking more about eye popping in that he has 68 tackles to lead the team, you right. know, and then there's only one other person there. Uh, with 60, their safety, and then it's a huge drop-off from there for tackles. So it it's definitely, you know, we face guys that already had 100 earlier this year and a couple mm-hmm. of different guys, and they really don't have anyone that has these eye-popping numbers except for those those handful of guys. So it seems like weaker on defense than they are on offense. Yeah, I would echo that. And what I'm saying to me is it these, these teams look very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, their records say that they're very similar. They're, uh, the ways they win games and have lost games are very similar. You know, this is a lot of just eyeball reaction without digging into the numbers. A lot of potential mismatches of – well, we're good here and they're bad here and they're bad here and we're good here, that type of thing to where what offsets enough that will provide the edge and the difference in this game? What's going to ha- you? It really makes you think that it's going to come down to maybe one or two inopportune penalties or a very, very inopportune turnover, right? That's what it feels like. And if it's a, it, it could be one of those defensive score things or a special teams like last year, these teams were evenly matched last year and it was a blocked punt for touchdown. That was the difference maker in this game, you know, for the herd. And it just feels like it, it, it could be more of the same this year. So let's talk about keys to victory. What's your number one key to victory for the herd this week? I'm going to say ball control. Um, and again, I'm not ranking these, but, uh, we had five turnovers and gave the, uh, coastal team a short field on a few occasions and they were already burning some on long plays. Uh, we cannot do that in this game and have any chance of winning. You can't have five, uh, five turnovers against a team that is able to put up 40 some against you. So we have got to minimize whoever the starting quarterback is on throwing interceptions. We can't cough the ball up on fumbles. We have got to do a very solid one or fewer turnovers, I think, to really put us in good field position, keep the ball in our hands, maximize the points that we can on drives. And uh, only way we can do that is taking taking care of the ball. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh my number one key to victory this week is 
you have to surpass the energy. We talked about how it was visible on the broadcast that Marshall was way more flat against Coastal than Coastal was. They were jazzed up and energetic, and it bled over to the game and their successes on the field, and they just kind of were off and running. It's going to be the same environment at App State. There are also a lot of App State fans that just love beating Marshall. This is not a one-sided thing, right? They also have that era of fan that loves beating Marshall. And they're going to be jazzed, and it's going to be 30K or more. It's going to be packed. You know, we know that. I mean, we sold out our allotment of tickets, and and we will have a fair amount of fans there. But by and large, it's going to be overwhelmingly people clad in black and gold. And it's going to be intimidating, and it's going to be loud, and it's going to be cold, and it's all the boxes, right? You're going to have to surpass that energy level as a team. You're going to have to. You're going to have to be able to weather that punch, that, that initial score, that big broken play that leads to a demoralizing touchdown. You can't let it demoralize you, right? We talk about fans ready to jump off the cliff because the first thing goes wrong. You can't have your players doing that either. Yeah. You can't – and, and, and it's not unfair to say – that of course it's human nature. It happens, you know. It, it does, just because you're a player doesn't mean you're immune to that. That you go, well, okay, here we go again. You know, it's it's not our night again. It control what you can control, right? And you can control your energy level. As a fan, as a player, and as a coach, all of us can control our energy level. We're not only going to have to match that energy, we're going to have to surpass that energy. And there's going to be a lot of it in Boone. But to me, you come out flat. You've already put yourself behind the eight ball. You've already given them an advantage. They already are going to smell weakness and see blood in the water, and they're going to want to pounce on that. Got to come out fired up. Everything has to be like almost um, sensationalized to a point. Like you have to overreact positively to keep that energy level high almost. But to me, that's the number one key to victory. Set yourself up for success with your attitude and how you approach the game. What's your number two? My number two might help with your number one, and that is that we have got to get the monkey off our back and we've got to score early. We can't get into this situation. It's almost like, uh, you know, the longer it goes, the the more it, it gets in your face, almost like when you're facing a no-hitter, you know, mm -hmm. that it starts creeping in that, hey, we haven't gotten a hit yet, and then it starts playing against you in your head. Well, we haven't gotten a, a touchdown off the offense in nine quarters and we have got to get one in the first quarter we've got to get on the board early we've got to establish that hey if anything if nothing else we had we get the confidence that we can go down here and score and mm -hmm. we have got to do it and we got to do it early i would love to see it on the opening drive if that's uh we get the ball off the kick or we get a stop and then we score but i would like to see us up first and I would like to see that on our opening drive that we can show that we can go down and not have to punt or have an interception or have a turnover or a loss of downs or whatever, that we just sustain a drive, get in the end zone, and set the tone early. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be any surprise to you that my number two key to victory is score any way possible. Any way. I don't care if it's 100 field goals in the game. You've got to score. Yes, you've got to score an offensive touchdown. I don't care if it's a defensive touchdown. I don't care if it's a special teams touchdown. I don't care. You just have to score. You know, we, of course, yeah, we're out there trying to score. We get that. It's not like we're just 
wasting drives. He's like, well, you know what? Just hand it off three times. Screw it. We'll punt it back and we'll play defense. That's not mm-hmm. the game plan, obviously. But you just have to score, man. Uh, nine quarters without an offensive touchdown. I'm not a super stats expert, but I don't remember the last time Marshall went nine quarters without an offensive touchdown because I just don't pay that damn close attention. And I only realize it now because we're in the midst of it right now. You know, that that to me, you're right. It can't go 10 quarters. It can't go 11 quarters. You can't be shut out in the first half of this game. I don't care. I don't care if they don't score. And you go into halftime 0-0. You just can't do it, man. And what's the best way to surpass the energy? You said it. Score early, couple of stops, take the crowd out of the game, get the players questioned, and damn, what is this Marshall team we're going up against? We were supposed to be able to move the ball and score on them. What the hell is going on? Like, let that creep into their conscience. I love that. And it is it should be no surprise that it's score any way possible. What's your number three? Whatever quarterback we have. <laughs> okay. Whatever one. And whether that's two that we play, three that we play has got to put up silencing numbers. Okay. They they have got to get the the fans in it. They've got to get their opponents uh behind it that hey, this quarterback is dangerous and they they're a threat and they're killing us. That way they can't key on the run. You know, we have got to come up and put up big numbers. It's going to do again the world of of everything for the confidence of whatever quarterback or quarterbacks that play during this game. If they're throwing the ball down the field, moving the, uh, the ball, putting points on the board, we have to have good quarterback play in this game. Yeah, um, I would echo that too. I'm going to just piggyback off of that because this is not really my point. But I think it's a good thing now that Marshall's put in a second quarterback and put that thought into opponents' heads that like, all right, well, we might yeah. have to plan for two quarterbacks. One's you a know? lefty, one's a righty. One is a better runner than the other, or more mobile. I won't yep. say better runner, more mobile. Um, you know, one of them, you know, they bring different things to the table. Absolutely know, so. they do. I think it, that's, a, that's a marked advantage for the Marshall to, you know, make your opponent, and this week it's App State, have to dedicate some game plan time to factoring in defensively for both quarterbacks or two quarterbacks anyway. I think that's – something we needed to see. And I absolutely hope that we see both quarterbacks in this game just to maybe shake things up a little bit. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think it will be part of the game plan. I just feel that way. You know, we don't, we, we pride ourselves on not having insider information. We, we turn that kind of stuff down all the time. And I just go to my gut feeling and I'm like, it feels like if we come out and we're not moving the ball for three drives, then we are going to see another quarterback just to see if you can get a spark just to see, right? Because you're not moving the ball anyway. What's it going to hurt? You know, so I think you're going to see both quarterbacks and I think you'll see, you know, uh, I believe it'll be Cole Pennington. Right. And I think you might see him on a number of drives. And if he comes in and leaves him right down the field and has the hot hand, I feel like it'll be like, all right, we're sticking with him until, you know, um, we he shows us we have to pull him. You know, is that the best philosophy to have? No, but when you're trying to get a win, any philosophy is a good philosophy, you know. Like I said earlier about having good quarterback play and scoring early, if somebody comes out and scores uh, in a dominant fashion on their first two or three drives, I don't see somebody getting pulled just to say, well, we were going to play right. them both. Uh, this That's one, right. this quarter, this one, that one. If someone's got the hot hand, I imagine you're going to keep feeding that hot hand. If that hot hand turns cold, that's where you bring the other one in. I agree. Uh, but my actual number three is that I, Marshall, go back to basics. Do what works and continue to do what works until it doesn't work. That's it. You know, why make it easier on a defense? If you're getting four yards of carry, take four yards of carry. 
Four times three is 12. It's more than 10, right? If your short, intermediate pass game's working for six, seven yards, run it. Seven yards of carry will get you, or seven yards of reception will get you a first down every two plays. Run it. You know, yeah, you're probably going to have to take some calculated risks at times. You're going to try to exploit a tendency at times, but do what works. And if and if what you're doing isn't working, then do something different until you find something that does work. That I mean, you, you're doing whatever you can do to get a win. So get out of your own way. We need to get out of our own way and just try to make it as, as rough as possible on an Appalachian State defense to stop this herd consistently. That's it. What's your number four? Fourth and final point for me is very, very similar to your um, um, or very similar to my quarterback plays. We've got to have good receivers play. Mm-hmm. I don't care if that's tight end. I don't care if it's several tight ends. I don't care if it's receiving out of the backfield or just the wide receiving core. Uh, but we've had all year long people say we're just not getting separation downfield. We're just not uh, getting that. Uh, we're dropping that guaranteed first down on third down we have to have a solid game top to bottom which will help with the confidence and the numbers of whatever quarterback or quarterbacks that are playing but it has been inconsistent it has been one of these situations where we say five drops that's just way too many you know that's so many drives that are, are stalled so we have got to have an excellent game out of our wide receivers i truly hope that it's not just one that is catching fire over everybody else. But as a group that we say, Hey, there were no drops today. There were some great moves. Uh, we had, uh, excellent, uh, blocking downfield by our receiving core, you know, all that stuff. We just really need to have an A plus game from them that will help this offense get back on track. Yeah. Imagine if we were able to come back on a recap and say, there were no drops today. How right. that looks differently, you know, to what it means to an offense. Just imagine that. How many big plays, how many turnovers, how many thwarted third down conversions, touchdowns even, have mm-hmm. been eliminated because we've dropped a pass. A lot of them this season. So you're right, man. It's Again, that's another one of those back to basics. You know, catch first, make the play second. You got to catch the football before you can hope to make a play. Uh, my final... Key to victory for the herd, uh, it kind of goes with my number one, and it's block out the noise. And that goes from all the way around. Block out the noise from app. Block out the noise from herd fans. Block it out. You know, you got – all you can rely on is the guy lined up next to you, right? And then players will tell you that. I, I can't count on anybody except who's lined up next to me. And that's a that's a, a synergistic relationship. They have to be able to count on you too. So block out the noise, man. Go out there and play your game. and. Don't worry about who might be booing. Don't worry about what X might be saying about Y player. Don't worry about it, you know? Things are going to happen every game that are out of your control. Again, you can you can control your energy level. You can control doing your job. You can control what affects you, and you just got to block out the noise because it's going to be – probably the most intimidating environment that Marshall has played this season, right? Because of, uh, you know, NC State was pretty raucous and everything, but that was early in the year. It was a non-conference game. It didn't really matter. Now things are different. This is a conference game. This is an SBC East game. This is a historic rival. You know, this is going to be a packed house. This is a must-win for both teams, edging towards bowl eligibility. This is absolutely the environment that App State needs in a home game, 
and not the environment that Marshall wants to face in a road game when all that's at stake. Got to block out the noise. Do you have an MVP for me this week? Give me an out-of-the-box Micah Abraham. Uh, I don't know that it'll be a pick six, but there's going to be solid play all game long and one big impact play, whether that's a late pass deflection, whether it's an interception or something. But give me Micah Abraham in this one because we might see two quarterbacks. If you got two quarterbacks, it's going to be hard for one of them to stand out as the MVP. Rasheen Ali's always a good pick, but he's been hurt a lot lately, and we just don't know how effective he's going to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be somebody on defense that's going to step up who better than Micah Abraham. I think that's an excellent pick, man. And and generally, I, I lean towards offense, and I'm leaning towards offense again this week because of the massive struggles scoring points the last couple of weeks. Sure. If you don't have an MVP from the offensive side of the football, it ain't looking good, homie. You know, it's just not looking good. So I need Rasheen Ali to be our MVP. I need him in this marquee matchup in the Sun Belt to go out and not duplicate what Frank Gore Jr. did, but Frank Gore put up almost 250 yards. You telling me Rasheen Ali can't isn't capable of doing the same type of thing? Absolutely he is. And he provides that also added threat out of the backfield receiving. Look, he's had one 100-yard game since Virginia Tech. Yeah, he missed James Madison. He's getting dinged up a little bit. He's playing injured, but everybody's playing injured. I'm not knocking his toughness. I'm not knocking him as a player. But we need to see that 100-yard performance, that two touchdowns again that we were getting week in and week out early in the year. He's he's capable of doing it. He needs an early run, like you're saying, an early score, something to get the herd off and running. You know, you get that 75-yarder, 50-yarder early in the game, and now you're well on your way to that 100-yard performance. You get a little hop in your step. It's got to be Rasheen Ali. Got to be. But I love the Micah Abraham pick, man. What's your score prediction against uh, App State? I think that Marshall comes back with a lot of points for the first time in, in weeks. And they win a close one, which it always seems to be close with App State. Mm-hmm. 34-31 on the road. Putting the the fans with a sour taste in their mouth down there at the rock. Yeah. This is the one for me that I absolutely want to be a thousand percent wrong because I can't, I cannot give Marshall 30 some points when they've had basically none offensively for two weeks. I can't do yep. it. I, I don't, I, I do not like Marshall's chances in this game because of all of the, um, all of the things we talked about, you know, it's a home game and Boone mm-hmm. and it's sold out and you know, it's elimination not elimination, but it's a must win for both teams. Right, right. I just don't feel good about it, man. If we had been putting up any type of offensive showing the past couple of weeks, I'd feel differently. Um, 28-17, I think App takes care of business at home. I do. I think they take care of business at home. It won't be for, for lack of effort. It won't be because we're not playing hard, but we've just had too many turnovers late in games that have taken points off the board and put points on the board, you know, on the ensuing drive for our opponents. 28 to 17. I freaking hate to say that, but that's just what I feel like it's going to be. You got any final words for me? I kind of tried to sum it up on Twitter and everything, but I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to be here longer than any player, you know, God willing with, with being able to live on this earth. Uh, Any player that's playing right now in any sport that we have, I plan on being here longer than them. Any coach that we have, 
that's just the nature of the coaching thing. People retire, they take different jobs. Uh, I'm going to be here as a fan, and I don't think that I will ever say I've given up. I don't think that I will ever say, well, I'll I'll not go back. I'm, I, I hope that I can hobble enough to go to Boone. <laughs> We're talking four and a half hours down, uh, trying to have to walk around, park wherever, and still walk into the game, up and down the steps and everything. It's going to be hard. I'm still trying to go. So mm-hmm. I urge you as a fan to just consider and self-reflect. Do you love Marshall? If you do, try to talk about that love in a better way instead of trashing it. You don't want to trash your wife. You don't want to trash your kids. You want to constructively criticize them, but not be hateful. Do that for your for your family here, your Marshall family, and stay on board this team needs us. Our entire athletics department needs us in all sports. We can't give up on women's soccer. We can't give up on baseball. We can't give up on men's soccer who's doing great. You just can't give up on any of them. Mm-hmm. When they're down, that's when they need you the most. And that's all I'll say. Well, I think folks f- actually forget that they do have an effect on the outcomes on the field, you know, you're not calling plays and you're not executing those plays, but fans absolutely have an outcome or have an effect on the outcome of a game, you know? So if your energy level is high, the players feed on that. If, if you, if you're out there hooting and hollering, the players feed on that. If you're mm-hmm. doing the opposite, the players see that too. You don't have to pretend like everything's perfect because it's not four and four is not perfect. Four, four losses in a row is not freaking perfect, but you can, exercise your dis- displeasure in a fairly meaningful way yeah. <laughs> because disparaging players and coaches isn't going to change anything other than potentially sour their feeling on being at Marshall, you know? And, and if you think like, well, I'll just, I'll just be hateful until they're great. That ain't going to work. You know, I mean, come on. When your parents used to yell at you, that didn't fuel you to be great. You know, it doesn't, it didn't me, you know, and, and if you go to work and, and your boss does nothing but talk shit to you all the time. That's not going to go. That's not going to make you go. You know what? I just think I'm going to work harder, so he'll quit yelling at me. That ain't gonna. That doesn't happen either. Be upset. <coughs> it's cool, fine. But be upset. I'm not telling you not to be upset. Just don't be mean about it. Don't be rude about it. And he's like, that ain't helping nobody. Dang. I mean, I get angry too, and I get upset that you know we're not winning games too. But what the hell? <laughs> it's just like be a decent human man you don't have to be like mean about it so get out from behind your anonymous social media handle and put your name out there put your face out there if you've got certain things to say about certain people and don't be don't be afraid you know people see me they know what i look like they know my name they know your name and your face like if you see russ in the in, in huntington you're gonna know it's him right and you he we're not afraid about saying what we feel but I'm not mean about it. I mean, be the fan you want to be. I, I say that all the time. I ain't the fan police. I don't give a shit what you do. Be the fan you want to be. I would just ask that you be slightly more cordial about how you interact with people. Come yeah. on, man. That's yeah. it. Just be a decent human. I mean, God, why you want to try to run people out of town? What what is yeah. the, what do you get out of that? That that's that sounds like like you're miserable, so you want to make everybody else miserable. Ah, come on, man. It's it's a football game. I want to win too, but it doesn't affect my life. You know, it. I'm, I have far more joy, enjoyment the throughout the week leading up to the next game. If we've got to win, I feel good. But if yeah. we lose, I mean, like a 
30 minutes after that game's over, I'm over it. And I'm like, all right, man, let's, you know, what's the, who, who's next on the basketball schedule, right? What? All right, right. We're about to play for a conference championship in soccer. Like you just on to the next, you know, yeah. whatever do, y'all do you, we're going to continue to do us. I mean, Hey, it is what it is. Russ, take us the heck out of here. Yeah. So whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the Joan, whether you see us at the Jack, no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, go herd. Go herd. Let's go down to Boone. Get us a dub. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>